Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Algiers really been running well. And Algier has some room to the outside. Algier headed to the end zone. And did he get the pile on? He did. Touchdown, BYU. Katoa's getting into the secondary. He's got a chance to go. And now... Each of the two BYU running backs have found the end zone, and they are absolutely gashing the midshipman in the early going. A 39-yard touchdown run. And a couple guys stumble, and right out into the flat, it's Katoa, who's wide open, and he waltzes into the end zone. He has one running, one receiving, and BYU is up by 20. On the ground, driving for the end zone and stopped short. No, I thought he was stopped short, but the official comes in and signals touchdown. Pini Katoa just kept churning and pushing. Have look, a look. look at his leg drive, and then he extends the ball right before the knee touches. Well, let's dive into the split story of the day. That, of course, uh, BYU back at it, college football here, and they just trounced Navy 55-3, to uh, a dominant performance uh, all the way across the board, Gordon. And if it weren't a total request Tuesday, I was going to suggest Simon and Garfunkel because your column had a certain theme today. Yes, it did. And, uh, Jake, uh, i got to give you credit because – you predicted that this was going to happen. Now, you probably didn't think 55-3. to three, No, I did not. But you said that BYU was going to be able to overpower them. So I, I have to give you credit because I was nowhere near as uh, sure of that as you uh, you were. And you were right. Uh, I, I, was I just sat there and I said, wow, I've never seen a Navy team get beat like that. Ever. Well, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, you know, service academies in general, but but particularly Navy and Air Force don't get beat, you know, don't get blown out all that often because they play hard, they're disciplined, and they hold the ball for a long, long time. But not when, not when BYU won't let them stay on the field. I mean, Kairos Tonga, Gordon. I mean, wh which line do you want to start with? Because I truly thought that was the story. Uh, oh, offensive line and defensive line. But defensive well, line, you, you start with Tonga, and he totally takes away the dive play from the triple option all game long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to have a lot of success against that team. It, it you, was. You just are. He, he was so good. Yeah, and the, you will take him one at a time. But the defense, you, you look at what – right from the first possession, uh, on the first couple of plays, I thought, okay, wow, that's a pretty good indication. Can they do this consistently – and doggone if they didn't throughout. I mean, this is a, a BYU defense that was like a, 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 a sieve on the ground last year. I mean, they were, I think that their opponents averaged like 160, 170 yards uh, a game. And it was uh, remarkable to see them step up against what was the best running attack in the country last year. Now, they're missing their star quarterback. But you just figured that it's one of those deals where they just plug in the next guy and they go from there. And BYU's defense was having none of it. Everybody was not only doing what you just described, but everybody was staying with their assignment and there were no gaps that were created along that defense. And they, they just absolutely stoned the Navy. Navy could do nothing. Yeah, the linebackers played really well, and that allowed 
BYU to have the ball. And looks, look what happened when BYU got the ball. They scored pretty much every time uh, in one way, shape, or form. They were so good. And uh, I want to give Tyler Algier and uh, Lapini Katoa a lot, of, a lot of credit. They played really, really well. But, Gordon, my goodness, that line just dominated. Of course they ran for 300 yards. I mean, why wouldn't you? That was one of those. And, and Zach Wilson played well, too, and we'll get to his performance. But that was one of those things where they just – if if you can't stop the run, not only are you going to lose, but the other team's not really going to stop running. Well, Jeff Grimes, him – I remember sitting in his office. This was years and years ago when he was the offensive line coach down there. And he was talking about his philosophies on how to get that job done properly. And last year we thought BYU was going to have a terrific offensive line, and they were they were okay. And they were pretty good at times, but I have ne- I don't remember that offensive line looking like that uh, prior to last night. Uh, I mean, they just dominated. Uh, they, they look like, I mean, they average, what, 6'6", 310 pounds or something like that along that front? And they absolutely eclipsed Navy's defensive front, which it was not bad. Last year they were pretty good uh, in, in stopping the run, and BYU just steamrolled them, man, just went right over them. And I, you said you want to give those running backs, backs some credit, but uh, the offensive line was opening those holes the way they were. I want to give them both credit because that touchdown run that Tyler Algier hit uh, when he scored, what was it, 34 yards or something like that? When he went left and then blew through that hole, I mean, I was really surprised at uh, how, how, how quickly he hit that hole. And it wasn't one of those things where it's just a parting of the Red Sea. He kind of had to go at an angle. And I thought it was a very deft run on his part. The offensive line did its job, but he blew through there. He exploded through there. He He's better than I remembered him being. But that all line that was those those guys were all about the business yeah they they make they're gonna make everybody look really really good BYU is gonna put up a ton of yards uh this year in their eight games that they're gonna play I I believe that as long as everybody stays healthy and again we're you know knocking on wood because that makes a a big time difference but with that O-line they're they're going to make uh everybody else look really really good and maybe now i i'm glad we didn't start with this because uh, i know there are a lot of youth fans and the rivalry twitter has been r- randomly ugly over the last 24 hours but navy was not prepared their coach admitted it after the game talked about how they had not done live tackling or live practicing or anything like that and they certainly played like it and they got steamrolled and i don't think they quit because you you really they didn't quit. I mean, they're the Naval Academy. They played really hard, but they weren't prepared, and they missed a ton of tackles. They looked like a team that had not gone live since uh, since the spring. They really did, and Ken Niamatololo said he's going to change all that before their next game, but, you know, Navy was dreadful. They were dreadful. I, I expected a better team than that. Yeah, they've got two weeks before. I think it's a two-lane they get next and they're going to have to change up the way they're doing their business. But, look, it's a lot easier to miss tackles when you're getting absolutely destroyed in the trenches. <laughs> you know, And BYU just absolutely manhandled them. Even even if you discount the missed tackles, they uh, – I mean, I don't know how anybody couldn't be impressed with what they saw at the BYU last night. I don't care if you're a rival or whatever. When Utah plays well – 
we say it. When BYU plays well, we should say it too. And we do. They played great. I thought Kirk Herbstreet was really complimentary, as was uh, Reese. Uh, they, they, they just sat there and said, they're doing this to Navy. This isn't, you know, this isn't Boat Diddley Tech. Navy doesn't, nobody does that to Navy. No, they smoked them. And, and to, suggest that Na- to suggest that Navy did it to itself is just BS, man. BYU punished that team. And so, you know, they deserve credit. I didn't think the Cougars were going to be able to do that. No way. Well, uh, now they he- did it. And so I'm going to I'm going to give them all the credit in the world. I'm not going to say, you know, I got an email from a guy who said, yeah, that's like playing Southern Utah or something because they didn't practice. And uh, Come on. No, it's not. Uh, man, you just you just can't. And it doesn't matter credit. because BYU took them apart. I mean, absolutely took them apart. I mean, it was a complete performance, uh, very few complaints, and BYU is ready to play. Now, Now, here's an observation, Gordon, but I've got a point where I'm going with this, but how much do you love hearing the sideline chatter on the broadcast? That is so I cool. Yeah, I like it. Is it is so yeah, cool. But you, yeah. the first play that happened where, where Navy had the ball and BYU stuffed the run right up the middle and you heard the response from the, the sideline, I thought to myself, BYU is here to play. Yeah. And that was a team you could tell has been, uh, you know, practicing for a long, long time. And they were letting out some some energy because they were playing somebody else. And that very first play where they stuffed that run, came up excited, and you heard the the rumble from the sideline. And I just thought to myself, all right, BYU is here. They're, they're here to play. They're going to play hard. And they just – Thoroughly mopped the floor with Navy, but anyway, that the hearing the sideline, hearing that that banter, and them yelling out the run and the pass and all that, especially against a team like Navy, that was really cool. I thought. Yeah, they were into it, and I've heard that during scrimmages before, but uh, it was kind of cool to hear that. Uh, obviously, you missed the crowd, but that that yeah, I do enjoy that aspect to it. Before I say. What I'm going to say, let me give you some numbers on this game, and I know you've already reviewed all this. First downs, BYU 28, Navy 7. Rushing yards, BYU 301, Navy 119. It's a team that averaged 360-some yards a game last year. Total yards, what was that, 580 to 149. I mean, this is... BYU averaged like seven yards per carry. I mean, and, and what was it uh, passing-wise? It was like 17 or 19 yards or something per completion. It was just mind-numbing stuff uh, that I never would have expected. Now, the, the question that I bring up is what does it all mean? I mean, is BYU really as good as they looked last night? Do they have the potential to be that good? And it's hard to tell. And if people want to say Navy wasn't prepared and Niamatololo said that and he made some mistakes and blamed himself and all that. But BYU was was vastly superior. It wasn't just a matter of, oh, well, we didn't prepare as well as we should have. They were way over the top superior. So what does that mean? I mean, that's a question. It's a, I, I, nobody has an answer to it because we don't really know. Oh, I think BYU's good. 
I do. I thought they were going to be good coming into this season. I thought they were going to be good coming into this game. Now, how good, and we can have a subjective conversation about it, and you can mix in Navy's lack of preparedness if you want. But the BYU is really good up front on offense. We knew that. I thought Zach Wilson was going to take the next step this year, and we don't know that. We'll we'll see. The running backs certainly proved to be pretty good. The, the receivers, there was a drop here or there for the most part. I thought they um, – they represented themselves pretty well. We, we found out that uh, Kairos Tonga is really good, and those other defensive uh, linemen uh, stepped up and had a good game. The, the linebackers were running around everywhere. The, the secondary obviously wasn't tested all that much um, uh, throughout this particular game, but I, I, th- I felt like this was a good BYU team coming into this season. Now, against their old schedule, we never really got a chance to kind of go through it, Gordon, and pick wins and losses, but... You know, I was excited to see this team play against that uh, that schedule, and this is going to be a little bit different. But I think BYU is good. I think they've got I think they've got talent. This is their most talented they talented team they've had in a few years. Uh, a lot of people are saying most talented team under Kalani Sataki. We could debate that, but I think BYU is good. I do. Hmm. Well, the guys calling the game certainly were complimentary of what they were seeing out of BYU. And uh, I thought that <laughs> when Kirk Herbstreet got to the point where uh, Reese uh, had said uh, that they were, they thought that they might be able to schedule Alabama, and he said, wow, that would have been something to see. I thought that's about as high a compliment as BYU football has ever gotten. <laughs> that that would have been something to see. Uh, BYU against Alabama. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I would go quite that far, but uh, it, that that was the impression that was being put upon a guy like Kirk Herbstreit, who's very highly respected around the country as far as his foot, college football knowledge goes. And they played, Gordon. I got to tell you, I enjoyed every second of that game. I didn't care what the score was. I mean, really, we all knew it was over at halftime, right? I mean... There was no coming back from that, not for a team like well, Navy. Especially when BYU came out and scored when they got the ball in that third quarter, and it was just like, okay, this thing's done. Well, 31 There's no, there's 30 no miracle. Zero and half. Well, I know, I know, but I've, I've seen teams fall apart or games become competitive after a substantial lead. But, man, there was, there was none of that going on in this game. And th- the frustrating thing is, you really don't know what it means. I mean, if Navy if Navy underperformed, what was it a couple of years ago when BYU beat Texas and crushed them early on? And uh, everyone thought BYU was going to be great. And then they, they couldn't maintain that. So I don't know. This is one of the, the frustrating things with this schedule. And they're happy to have a schedule at all. But... Uh, you know, maybe Army is 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 pretty good after that. I'm not seeing a whole lot on that schedule that would prove anything. So what happens if BYU goes out and just beats everybody on this schedule? Will we be saying the same thing in November that we're saying now? Yeah, I honestly I expect him to go eight zero. But what, what that means, be, I don't we'll, know. But well, I, yeah, well, I yeah that, that's the key question. What will it mean? I have no and, idea. Uh, and I'm sure Kalani Sataki wants nothing to do with those kinds of questions. He's about, okay, get ready for the next game. None of this getting fat-headed or anything like that. And they got to go on the road to Army and see how that turns out. But but if if they go 8-0 and nobody knows how good BYU really is, won't that be a shame? Yeah, 
It, it will be, but they'll have played, which is great. Whatever they can, whatever they can throw together to do in this whole thing, you know, Gordon. I, as you were talking there, and we're thinking, how are we going to evaluate this team? And I'm thinking, yeah. I truly have no clue because I've never been through anything like this. Never. Well, it so it, it's going to be. I know this is a, a red, uh, a red hot saying these days, but it is what it is. At least they're playing football, and at least we get to see some of these talented players play. Well, it reminds me of the old days in the uh, in the whack where BYU would just dominate teams and you wonder, okay, what, what what do we have here? We're not exactly sure. And sometimes those teams would rise up in a bowl game and be the name opponent, and sometimes they, they wouldn't more often than not. And so there was some opportunity at some point to show uh, how they would hold up at least on – on uh, a given Saturday, but maybe BYU will get an opportunity for if they do that. Now, we don't know yet, but it, it certainly looks promising for the Cougars after what we saw last night. We'll see if they can maintain. All right, Gordon, uh, real quick, and we'll get to, if you want to share thoughts, we've got the open mic. What did you think about uh, the Cougs last night? If you want to tweet at us at Jake Scott's own at Gordon Monson. Um, real quick, though, I brought up that tweet about the wind just to keep people uh, informed, and uh, the National Weather Service explained uh-huh. it uh, better than I did. But they said, here's the latest on the winds. We are not out of the woods yet. Uh, we'll see relative lull through early evening, uh, through, though 40 to 50 mile per hour gusts remain possible. Winds ramp up again late this evening with 75 plus mile an hour gusts possible for Farmington and Centerville through early morning, which they defined around 9 a.m. So up there, up north is, is where folks have to batten down the hatches a little more than toward the southern part. But like I'm looking out my window right now, and the trees are really just sort of barely moving a little bit, but not much. Uh, knock on wood. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, it's about the, the Cottonwood Canyons all the way through Logan is is the best way that I can explain it. That's that's kind of been hit by this thing. But you're right. Uh, the Centerville, Farmington, that area up where Austin is in Layton uh, certainly got it pretty good. But that seems to be the worst of it. So there you go. It'll calm down a little bit this afternoon, but it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet, Gordo. Get out there and and anchor those trees, buddy. Yeah. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.